hello, welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Monk, and the only podcast where if we were Tom Hanks' character in a lead of their own, we would say, oh, are you funkin'? There's no funkin' in Monkin'. I am one of your right. hosts, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barra. Andre, how are you? 10 out of 10, that was a good one. <clears throat> Abracadorfman, baby. Abracadorfman, you son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, how are you, though? You didn't answer my question. <laughs> uh, I'm good, man. I'm finally... I'm glad to be back. It's been a couple weeks, I think, at this point. Uh, a, a week and a half, probably, since our last episode, because you were in uh, New York um, on vacation. And, you know, vacation news not doesn't want a podcast, and I get that. I'm the same way. Um, except, yeah. And by that, of course, I mean that that's actually not me at all. Um, right. But... Uh, I'm sorry... I have to. I had, to, I had an inopportune text message that I had to answer. But no, we're here to talk about Mr. Monkey the Magician, um, Abracadorfman. Um, yep. What do you think of this episode? <clears throat> a return to form. Um, I agree. I thought it was probably so far. I think it's probably the best episode of the season. Um, I think it's pretty easy, easily. Yeah. Um, it was great. It was just because it was like you know it was about a character we all know and kind of hate but love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it was his swan song. So, uh, you know, it just brings it all back. And uh, and it wasn't about, like, any of Monk's insecurities. It was kind of him working through, like, how much he annoyed him. But still, like, mm-hmm. he still was in his life. So it was good. It was good. Yeah. I, I think that it's a really interestingly paced episode. And I think that it is kind of bold how, like, the murder doesn't take place for, like, 15 minutes. And I think normally that would be a bad thing on Monk. Because the murder is yeah. usually the most interesting part. But yeah. there's so much setup where it ends up feeling like it's earned especially because i think th- i like that I take the time to kind of reintroduce you to kevin um because even though he's a recurring character he's only on the show like five times through like a hundred something episodes so it's not like he's that recurring right but he might i mean he has more episodes than ambrose right yeah ambrose only that, has two that's, episodes that's, that's something you know oh yeah, yeah yeah for sure um but we don't start off with kevin dorfman we start off in the nation of thailand where yeah. uh Magician, the great Torini, played by Steve Valentine, whose entire career is just playing magicians on TV. Um, is he? Oh, really? Is he? A yeah, he's a re- he he's a real to... magician, and he's okay. like I. He's played magicians on like three different things I can think of. Um, so uh, was any of those? Was Psych one of those? No, he's a magician on an episode of House, and then actually no, I think he's a rock star on Psych. He doesn't play a magician, but if you look on his credits, it's just he plays a lot of magicians. Um, which honestly. That's just a good, smart casting choice if you're doing a TV show and you want a magician character. Get a guy who's an actor who's also a professional magician, you know? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I couldn't tell that he wasn't... He seemed like a pretty good actor for, uh, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, I think, to... I think he's both. I think he's professionally both. Like, he's... He definitely... he Because I've definitely seen him in stuff where he's not a magician, and therefore he's also just a professional actor. Or maybe that's the ultimate magic trick. Yeah. Now, I have a question. What is your take on magic, generally? Are you a fan of magic tricks? I uh, I love I mean yeah I love magic um I, and it really like bothers me how much I don't understand how it works I remember I, those shows mm-hmm. that they used to have you remember those the mask ma- um, of course yeah, yeah the mask magician this is gonna be no surprise I fucking love magic <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 it's great um I I honestly wish I knew more about it and it's still like it still captures my uh it still I, captivates me I know quite a bit just because I would watch a lot of YouTube videos on it and stuff so. Mm-hmm. With a lot of these, like, I have, like, the worst dexterity in the world, so I can't do any of the tricks, but 
I would say like a good half of the tricks in this episode, I could tell you vaguely how they're done. Now, some of them are just impossible. Like, for example, at the beginning in the scene we're going to talk about where he makes the watch show up on the goon's arm. Like, that's just not possible because the goon's across the room. Like, that's just fake. But uh, almost everything else is real. Like, uh, like the, what's it called? The, the, the man. The coins, that's just, is just pure sleight of hand. Like, that's, the, it actually is just exactly what you think it is, where you literally are just moving your hand so quickly that uh, you're able to pick up stuff without people realizing. Um, uh-huh. Now, the famous one to do with a coin is called the French drop, which he does a couple times, Where I know, which I know how to do. I'm pulling out a coin out of my wallet. Where I need to see it, this, yeah. It's where, I'm, once again, I don't have good dexterity, but basically what you do is you have a coin like this, and you go to pick it up and move it, and you drop it down into your hand like that. Like, that's the most common coin trick of how to make it, like... If you want a coin behind someone's okay. ear, you do That's why this whenever one. someone does it, they always their hand always ends up like this. Exactly, yeah, because they take it and then they they pull it away. Um, that's like I said, the, he does a bunch of other coin tricks, but that's like the the brute one. Like that's the first one you learn, and that is like a lot of times if you want a coin to disappear, it's the easiest way to do it. Um, so I'll explain some of the magic tricks I know as we go along. But we start off in Thailand, and he's doing a magic trick with some coins. But the people he's talking to are not really interested. They're interested in uh, moving that dope, that, moving that, that smack, H, that the, the sweet lady H. Yeah, um, yeah. So they're like the main, uh, the main uh, tough guy, I guess, uh, is getting a little bit irritated with the magic trick because uh, he takes the watch off of his wrist and puts it on. Well, you know, he makes it disappear. And he's like points a gun right at his face. And, I mean, you'd have to imagine this isn't the first time they've, that they've met, so I don't yeah. know why he's so annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, obviously this guy has amazing magic tricks. Especially yeah. the ultimate magic trick again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The ultimate magic trick is, uh, what is it? What is, what is the ultimate? Is the ultimate magic trick murder or? Um, no, moving that, moving, <clears throat> making move, the. Uh, moving the dope. Yeah. Moving the dope. Moving the, sm- yeah. the smack. Yeah. Um. So basically, he's asked to move 70 kilos of heroin on the streets of San Francisco, um, and uh, he says abracadabra, which, you know, is one of those things that's just teetering on the line of being a cool and uncool. To say abracadabra when someone asks you to move heroin, that, that either is really cool or really not cool, and it's I think it's both at the same time. <laughs> It just reminds me mostly, I mean, I like other magic phrases. I think, like, Seem Seem Salabim is my favorite, which mm-hmm. was my sign-off last time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, because, like, now, Abracadabra only really reminds me of uh, in Half-Baked, when that was, like, the word that you had to say to get the cops to break in. Mm. Uh, Abracadabra. My, I, when I think of Abracadabra, I think of the three magic Pokemon where the stages were there was Abra, there was Kadabra, and there was Alakazam. Um, yeah. Oh, Alakazam's yeah. a good one, too. Yeah. I actually, the type of magic I like is magic that makes no illusions that it's magic. Like, my favorite magician of all time is Ricky Jay, who I think is the greatest magician, the greatest magician who's on film. I'm sure that there were great magicians in, like, the 1800s, but Ricky Jay, I don't know how much you've ever watched of him, but he is just, I mean, his, if you get a chance, it's, oh, he's, I mean, you know him, because he's, like, an actor, too. He's in Magnolia, he's in Boogie Nights, he's in The Prestige, like, he's just, like, a dude who's, he acted in a lot of stuff. Because he was the magic consultant on basically anything. And then Paul Thomas Anderson, I guess, liked him, so he made him the f- cameraman for his porn movie, which is fun. Um, oh, okay, good. But anyway, his special, Ricky J and his 52 assistants, uh, it's all on YouTube. It's He's just unbelievable. I, it, it just... I, I can't even describe how good he is. Because he's just I so... He's so fun, and he talks about... Like I said, it's none of it is magic. He's all He does magic tricks by basically talking about magic and how magic works. 
and by doing that, he distracts you, kind of, and he just does... It's great. Love it. Recommend it highly. So, anyway, we cut to... I believe this is... Is this not the Magic Castle in Los Angeles? It looks like it. it, it no, it completely is. Um, I've been there, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a weird thing that they just... There's no other Magic Castle in... No. Uh, in California, so I thought that was just kind of weird, but, yeah, go on. Yeah. And we I've see... Been ca- I know. Yeah, you said that. Um, Sorry. I no, stole it's a okay. pen from there. I made that disappear from there. You stole a pen? Yeah, I did. Ah, uh, wow. Um, I know. Uh, ho- thankfully, that no police officers listen to this because you'd be going to going to the bing. Anyway, we cut. To, we don't cut to the stage though. We cut to Kevin Dorfman, who's in accounting, and he's using an old big old calculator, um, one of those that has like the receipt coming out. Um, which I had a coworker that used to use that, and it really was like completely unnecessary. Um, but it does really work for Kevin. You believe that he would use that type of calculator. Yeah, you just hear the clickety-clack all day. I'd want to strangle his ass. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess that's not such a nice thing to say. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, you're not the prime suspect. But he he notes that something doesn't add up, you know? that. And if you've seen any TV show ever, the moment that someone in accounting f- figures out that something doesn't add up, they're dead in the, within the episode, you know? For sure. Um, and, like, you know, unfortunately for Kevin... Um, Torini doesn't know that he wouldn't go to the cops about this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't really have to kill him. Uh, no. Chances are you could have got him to, like, just... He could have figured something out. But he doesn't know him like that, so... Yeah, he decides yeah. real quickly that he needs to uh, get 86 Exactly. So, Kevin enters uh, Torini's uh, rehearsal, where he's practicing, like, the vanishing trick or whatever with his assistant, um, uh, Tanya. And he, you know, is like, hey, we have to talk. Um... You know, and we learn as uh, he's about to explain what's going on that Kevin is also a magician because, of course, he is. Um, it would be weird if he wasn't a magician. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I'm actually kind of surprised that he sucks at magic. He seems like he would be good at magic. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I think he definitely would be better um, because what else is he doing during his day? But he doesn't want to talk about magic. He needs to talk about his tax. He's doing his taxes, and he noticed that on his trips the last few years, he, on the plane, his props weighed more on the way back than the way over. And he thinks that the airlines are ripping him off. Right. And, um, and you know, Torini doesn't show that he's nervous about this, but he's definitely like, here, I want you to do something for me. I want you to forget about this. Close your book. Forget about this conversation. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about it next week. He's got, he's got a plan in motion already, let's just say. Exactly. Um, now, I think that there's a really clever way of setting up someone figuring out about a drug smuggling thing, because that is something that, like, because you want it to seem organic, and this seems like a thing he actually would be doing, he was looking at, you know, receipts and seeing the amounts and stuff like that, so I think that's actually, like, an interesting, um, I believe that a good accountant would find this. It doesn't feel random. It, it simultaneously feels that it's something you could figure out, but it's also not something that you're surprised took a couple years, because people probably just wouldn't pay attention to this. No, yeah, I mean, it seems pretty innocuous. Uh, I guess it would just have to depend on how many years this has been going on. Um, exactly. Clearly, he must be raking up some serious cash uh, overseas, so maybe uh, he thought it wasn't a big deal. But, yeah. yeah. And so, um, in addition to saying this, talk about talk about the next week, he tells Kevin that he needs him to fill in for him on Saturday because uh, he Torini is taking Tanya to Reno to propose. Now, you've spent some time in Reno. Is Reno the city you'd propose to uh, your girlfriend at? 
if I wanted to pick up some meth after, yeah, totally. Um, mm. I'm actually going to be there. I'm going there on Sunday, so um, don't worry. I'm still going to record on Sunday. I'm actually, no, no, no. So I have to go. I have to go to Reno for like a uh, um, for work, and I have to drive from Reno to Lake Tahoe, and then I have a hotel room, so I'll have plenty of time. Anyway, how, how, isn't Reno really close to Lake Tahoe though? It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I have to fly there. That's the place. Oh, right, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it, Reno. Honestly, the last time I, the first time I went, like when I was a teenager, um, I thought that place sucked so bad. Um, this last time that I went, it wasn't actually that bad. I mean, the airport like kind of stinks, but like it's whatever. Um, but there's actually a lot of stuff to do in Reno. So. Yeah, it's the biggest little town in America. Oh God. Yeah. What? That's the slogan. That's the name. No, no, I know, I know. There's like a whole fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but anyway. But he... certainly, I would not go propose to my girlfriend no, in Reno. Of 100%. course. Yeah, yeah. Especially when we already live in San Francisco. Um, Yep. And so, uh, we then see, um, uh, we cut to, uh, Kevin rehearsing for, um, for the weekend. He's rehearsing for Natalie and Monk, and, um, he's really bad. He's worse than I probably would be, if I'm being honest. I, honestly, I think I would be better at magic than he, and I don't, I don't think I've ever tried or attempted magic. Um, you know, he starts off with the basics. He does, like, the, the rings, uh, mm-hmm. which I can assume open up at a certain end, and that's kind of how it happens. Okay. Um, and then he moves on to uh, levitating a cane. Uh, mm-hmm. His back's been hurting uh, lately. And, uh, and that's when, like, you know, we, he starts to give a little bit of the magic away. Uh, mm-hmm. no yeah, that, basically the cane is attached to a string, which he is controlling with his hand. Um, I've seen that done with the card where someone did like I, I had a friend in middle school who did magic and he used to have like a card that he would attach to a string and spin it in front of his face yeah it looks cool um and the thing is yeah i think the reason why it's disappointing how bad he is is because all of his tricks are prop based um and so like they're all just rigged props which those should be pretty easy you know that's they're not actually that hard to do um anyway uh and then it's time though for the piece de resistance which is the vanishing man or lady, um, and, and he, he wants Monk to volunteer. And uh, you know, Monk gives him a pretty solid reason for not wanting to do it. Um, he mentions that he's uh, previously been uh, buried alive, mm-hmm. so that's enough of an excuse to weasel your way out of it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the night of the um, the show, and it's a like, Dorfman. You're on ten minutes, but they get a phone call. And it's from Reno, and uh, the news isn't that Johnny Cash shot a man there to watch, just to watch him die. It's yeah, more important than that. Uh, yeah, uh, he, uh, you know, as, as he mentioned previously, he proposed to Tanya mm-hmm. and uh, Torini, and uh, and she said yes. And yes, <clears throat> Torini and Tanya are both on the phone. Is the important thing? Yes, correct. They're both on the phone, and everyone's you know rightfully uh, happy about it, and uh, you know. Uh, it's a good way to go into your headline act, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Then we cut to Kevin, who is having a real rough go. He's asking a woman, is this your card, about multiple cards. Um, just really not where you want to be. Uh, and none of them are her card. Yeah. Um, it, it's going very bad, as, as we all suspected. And it gets to the point where like, someone from the crowd just says, say it's your card. Just to just put an end yeah. to this, uh, the, this this charade. And um, and so, you know, Monk claps for him, um, and he thanks him. So, you know, it was a very appreciative uh, 
audience member at the very least. Mm-hmm. And so he gets to his his final act. He, um, well, the first he asked is who wants to oh. get sawed in half, which I have a big problem with because that's not a trick you can do with a random person. That is a trick that requires uh, participation because basically you just scrunch up your legs into the f- one half of it. You can't just do it with a random person. That's not. It just doesn't work. <clears throat> Um, Unless you're performing the magic trick um, at a convention for, like, uh, circus performers. Correct. That is true. Yeah, you could assume that everyone... But you still need to tell them that they have to do that. Um, So. Anyway, then he he does his final trick, which involves a rabbit. Yeah, he, um... He's gonna make it disappear. Uh, He's gonna make his his pal Fluffy, the Mm -hmm. rabbit, disappear. And you know what's weird? Um... (laughs) I don't. I think it was because of all the other stuff that happened in the act. When I first saw him on stage, I could have sworn that he was trying to do like a Harry Potter thing because it looked like he had like a thunderbolt. He, he has. He has some type of scar painted yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I was just like, wait, I think it's like they're super leaning into this magic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he he does he does the trick, uh, and it you know the fluffy appears to disappear, um, but the only place he disappears into is into his pants. And yeah. uh, he starts uh, nibbling, or Fluffy starts nibbling on him like a fresh piece of iceberg lettuce. Mm-hmm. I, the, the joke he says is, oh, I thought these guys only ate lettuce. I really wish the joke was, oh, I didn't know these guys ate meat, but that's a little sort of appropriate. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, but yeah, this really bet poor execution. Um, and then I love that when the curtain goes down, Natalie is like, oh, it was... It was wasn't that bad? I love Mojo's. Natalie, there are three dead doves on the stage. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, I need a moment to absorb what just happened. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it, it cuts real quickly to somebody knocking or or walking into his. Uh, into no, Kevin's well, well, room. Kevin is grading himself. He's like, execute right. like, performance B, execution D plus, no D minus. So he's just way too generous of a grader. Um, but yeah, then yeah. someone walks into his room. And he mentions, what are you doing here? Which clearly tips us off to who it is, right, mm-hmm. right then and there. And, um, and so after like, Monk's had his moment to, um, to absorb the performance, he wants to go check up on Kevin, uh, you know, see what, how he feels about everything. And on his way there, he notices, or he's trying to find his way back, or, like, through the, through, in the Magic Castle somewhere. And he asks someone that he sees from behind, a maintenance man, he asks him where the dressing room is, and he points at the dressing room in a certain mm-hmm. way. A very showman showmany way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um and so Monk, you know, goes that way and he, he goes to the dressing room and he finds his good friend, Kevin Dorfman, on the floor and he asks him if he's trying to practice levitating, which is, you know, sad. Because yeah. um, he's gonna be doing the opposite of that real soon. Mm-hmm. And um and he's dead. Yeah. Rest in peace Kevin Dorfman. Um and then we cut to Stalmanager Disher there, and it's a crime scene, and, you know, they're remarking that he's just a kid. Um, and they basically, they have no idea who would have killed him, because it's not like he was in trouble or anything. But we learn that he was killed via asphyxiation with a ligature, like a piano wire or something. Yeah, um, so that, you know, gets Monk to think that the killer must be a magician, uh, because he was, you know, he found out the secret behind how that whole thing works. Yeah, uh, where you paint before. the wire black. Yeah, where you paint the wire black, and uh, and he finds like a piece of black paint on like Kevin's collar or something. Mm-hmm. So then Monk mentions that he saw a maintenance man there, mm-hmm. and one of the I guess stagehands or something mentions that they don't work on Saturdays. So clearly, the maintenance man that Monk saw was the killer. Yeah, then we cut to the funeral where we see one of it's his. It's awake. Uncle... It's awake. It's awake. Wait, sorry, wake, wake, wake. Sorry, you're right. You're right. You're right. 
The Wake, um, where the uncle's an uncle's telling a story, much like Kevin Dorfman, just very meandering about gutters and stuff. Um, yeah. We see the photo that is put up, which is a horrible photo, because Natalie had to Photoshop his mouth closed. Yeah, because uh, apparently he spent like two hours. She spent two hours trying to get a photo of him not mm-hmm. talking, and that's just the kind of guy he is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then a good old aunt, Sheila, is there, and she tells him about what she's going to miss the most about Kevin, mm-hmm. which is their Sunday night chats mm-hmm. uh, where they would go over what would happen every week. Um, or every day that week. And uh, so my question to you would be, how long do you think these phone calls were? <sighs> two and a half hours, I think. Okay, I feel like two and a half is like a number that comes up a lot in this. Yeah, okay, no, because that's how long you talked about his sore throat. Yeah, but I think <laughs> that that's probably... Just because, yeah, I would say two and a half hours. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so then she goes over all the times that they didn't. It's like, wait, we did miss one Sunday. And so I do love that when they're leaving, Monk's like, it's hereditary. Um, but then, you know, Natalie's a little parched, so she wants to get some water. So um, Tarini and Tanya come in, and they ask, and she, uh, Tanya has a water bottle, so they ask her where she got it. And um, Tarini points to the lobby. Yeah. And he points the same way the maintenance guy did. Right, so immediately Monk notices that that's the case. So he goes into detective mode, mm-hmm. um, and he starts asking him questions, and he's like, oh, you know, like, why were you in Reno? And Tarini mentions that they were there. You shot a man just to watch him die. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, <laughs> that's number two. So I noticed. third one. <laughs> I not allowed another one. Um, and so he asks, uh, he, he mentioned about, like, him getting, uh, proposing to her or whatever, and he notices that Tony doesn't have a ring on, so, like, mm-hmm. with, What's the deal with that? And, you know, Trini comes up, spins some story about, like, how they found out about everything that happened. And so, obviously, it didn't seem appropriate or some shit mm-hmm. like that. Basically, like, uh, something yeah. like that. And um, and right after this whole little conversation happens, Monk just deduces. He's the guy. Yeah. And so then we cut to Stoudemire, um hearing this theory. And he's like, no, I, Monk, Carl Torini was in Reno. He called the theater from Nevada. There are phone records. I'll dig for you, whatever you need, but just tell me what I'm looking for, is what he says. Right. Uh, I'm going to miss that um, when this is over. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to just call you on Sunday nights and do the stop my impression for a <laughs> I think what, yeah, well, no, I think what needs to happen is we need to cover the one season of uh, The Bridge on FX. Right, 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 yeah, yeah, correct. And then, when, and then just through his whole filmography. Um, uh, can't wait for Science of the Lamb. I mean, I can't, I, like... The thing is, he's got some good movies. Like, if we're doing it in, like, order, it's probably, like, only, like, three episodes between Silence of the Lambs and Heat, which are two of, like, the best movies I've ever seen. So, you know. Right. Um, and then we get to watch the first Fast and Furious. You know, there's a lot, there's some good stuff on there. He's in the first one? Yeah, he plays the, he plays... I've never seen that movie. Oh, he plays Paul Walker's, like, boss. He plays the guy, his, um, boss, basically, who's putting him undercover. Um, anyway. Interesting. Uh, and so... They are, you know, completely befuddled as to what's going on. So then they go to see Carl and Tanya. So they go to uh, to their, like, studio or whatever. Um, it's more than a fucking studio. It's like yes. a nice, nice, yeah, it's a nice ass, loft. Like, penthouse or something. Yeah. Penthouse loft. Yeah, he's this guy's got to be, like, Chris Angel level uh, famous. He's a mind freak. I am the mind freak. Remember Is that, that how that goes? Oh, the, you remember the theme song? This I didn't oh, watch that man. shit, man. Oh, I definitely watched it. Uh, it was produced, he he sang the theme song, he was not a good singer, but it was produced, and I think the instruments were all played by the members of Korn, so, 
Um, <laughs> that's the least surprising thing. I remember I his show was like, I remember there was once a bit where he went up to a preg- a very pregnant woman and her da- daughter, who was like eight, and he like put his hands over the pregnant woman's belly and the belly started to go away and she's freaking out. And then you hear like a girl scream and they pan out and the eight-year-old girl has a big bump. It's like, what the fuck is that? Like, that's just so stupid. So he impregnated an eight-year-old. That's, it, it, that's yeah, yeah. And so the thing about that show is it was like so obvious. Like, it didn't. It did stuff that was so clearly not. It was like if that's real, then he needs to go to jail. So clearly, it's not real. <laughs> he probably does deserve life in prison. If we're yeah. Oh, life. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, they see some wabbits. Um, and well, no. Uh, okay. First, 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 first. They talk about or Tanya's like talking oh, right. about how they uh, they've been together for six years and it all started because she was a volunteer once mm-hmm. and uh, and and tada uh, now she has a ring, uh, good for them. Yes, and then they see some rabbits, which apparently they yeah. breed in house, which really makes Mel want to leave. Um, it's just honestly yeah. a surprisingly small amount for what I, we all know about rabbits. <laughs> right. Um, I, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to leave that one there. And so, uh, the way that Tanya's talking, she clearly has a guilty conscience. She's like, he had no children, right? Uh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Which and is, then, I, I kind of like, it's refreshing because 99% of murderers feel guilty about it. And in Monk, Monk is the only show where no, no one does, where they're all calm, cool, and collected, and like, you're never going to catch me. <laughs> Well, to be fair, I mean, she's an accomplice. We don't know how much she played. Well, no, that's what I mean, though. That people who are actually okay. involved in murders are normally... Like, the main thing that makes murders get solved is people confessing. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. True. So, they need to go get... Um, she's going to go get Carl for them. Mm-hmm. And so they go up to the zigzag cabinet, and they want to see... Uh... Oh, wait, a first monk uses some knives, which is funny. Yeah, he, uh, he takes out, like, I don't know what kind of trick. I think this is one of those where you just stab a box or something mm-hmm. with people yeah. in it. <clears throat> and, um, and he thinks that they're all fake. And I think most of them are. But Except the one. one. That he pokes, <laughs> yeah, and that's the one that he pokes Natalie in the back with. Uh, yeah. I hope she's got health insurance. Uh, yes, I think don't, I think she does. Um, I can't yeah, imagine it's never, good, You though. never fucking I know, I can't man. imagine it's good, though. The only doctor in her network is probably in, like, Fucking Doc, uh, or Doctor Kavorkian. Yeah, Doctor Kavorkian. I was gonna say like it's in fucking Stockton, but um, yeah, definitely not good stuff. Um, she's got like uh, yellow cross, yellow shield. Um, anyway, uh, they go up to the yellow zigzag shield. cabinet. The zigzag cabinet, which is uh, a cabinet where you roll marijuana. No, exactly. I'm it's a cabinet where basically the way the way one that works, they kind of show it at the end, where only the, the outs on the outside moves, like the inside of it. There's still space there. Um, where, like, basically it never fully goes all the way over, and so there's always a little bit of room for the person still to be. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty cool trick. Um, but then they hear yeah. a voice of God telling them not to touch it, and it's none other than Carl himself. Yeah, correct. And then he, uh, you know, some, <clears throat> some smoke, uh, the smoke machine starts singing, and uh, you think he's going to come out from there, but boom, he pops up right behind him. And, uh, you know, Natalie's like, wait, how the hell did you do that? And, of course, the magician never tells. Well, for, he says the trick is misdirection, which is true. Oh, right, right, um, right. Which, of course, I have to ask you a question, because you could go either way on this. What is your opinion of the 2006 film, The Prestige? I've only seen it once, and it was around that time, so mm-hmm. I really have no fucking idea. Like, I don't even remember it. I, remember, I think it's, like, I think it's good. I think it's good. the end. I, I remember, like, what happens in the end. Um... Yeah, I. You know what? I have this weird thing where I actually don't really like Hugh Jackman that much. I think um, that 
I think that it's his best non-Wolverine role by a long shot. Because he's kind of playing... The character is a lot of the things you, that you don't like about Hugh Jackman. Because Hugh Jackman's whole problem is he's a huge tryhard who just wants to show off all the time. And that's kind of right. what the character is, which I like. He's the male He's the male Anne Hathaway, basically. It, yes. Although, I, I, but I stick up for Anne Hathaway a lot, so I can't really necessarily... I guess the good... I, I always stick up for tryhards because I'm someone who I'm just like, what, they're trying hard. They're trying to, they're trying to fucking entertain you. Why are you being so ungrateful? Which I know is not the problem with tryhards, but still. Um, yeah, I actually think... I think the... The movie I hate him the most in is Prisoners because he just never seen Prisoners just... because I've heard no, it's that great, it's, the, it's I've heard movie. it's the least enjoyable movie to watch ever. Which you know, um, that is not true at all. I heard no, that, I heard that, that, that it's just that, like really dark and depressing, and I'm very rarely in the it, mood for that. It is, it is, but I think the two that knock it off, like right that I can think of right off the top of my head, are Mother and um, Requiem for a Dream. See, those, those are two are, movies, like, movies I, I seen. refuse to watch. Those are yeah. two movies I refuse to watch again. Anyway, he, st- he starts doing some coin tricks. Um, and, uh, Monk notes that, um, he saw him in the theater dressed as a maintenance guy, and he's like, no, you didn't. And as he's doing this, he's doing a bunch of magic tricks, like his cup that he's pouring coffee into is floating. He does the thing where he pours sugar into his hand and it goes away. I'm not, a, I, I think, I believe that the sugar one is, he's, there's a fake thumb involved, which is weird because that means he had to come into the room with a fake thumb, but that's whatever. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, no, it just kind of reminded me of the Hank Scorpio pulling sugar out of his pockets. <laughs> Anyway, you know, no, you know, you know, know that episode? No. Okay, it's an episode of The Simpsons where uh, it's basically like um, Al- Albert Brooks does the voice for him, mm-hmm. and he's like this like tech guy who is essentially what you find out is that he's like a Bond villain, mm-hmm. and uh, and then he like pulled like ca- uh, Homer walks into his lair while he's about to kill James Bond, and he asks him like if he's got any sugar for his coffee, mm-hmm. and he like takes it out of his hand, or he takes it out of his pocket and pours it into his hands, mm-hmm. and then he asks him if he wants any creamer too, and Homer says no. Good stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, I never was a Simpsons guy just because by the time I was, like, you know, growing up, it was already, the by the time I was like ten years old, everyone was like, "Oh, the Simpsons sucks these days." So like, I never really had much right, of a desire right, to right, go back right, and watch right. it. Anyway, um, you know, then they're asking like, "Why did you have Kevin fill in?" You know, you know he's bad, um, and this is when he starts to get a little defensive and he throws his coffee at Monk, except he doesn't. He throws a bunch of confetti. Yeah, uh, honestly, I really like this whole scene, because I just like how he's just pulling all these random fucking tricks, and, like, mm-hmm. I'd be so fucking irritated if I was yeah. investigating this guy. Yeah, I probably would just slap the cuffs on him right mm-hmm. then and there, if I had cuffs. And then he does the thing where he tears up a newspaper and then puts it back together. I used to know how to do this, not how to do it, but I knew what the secret was, but I don't remember. I know I once at some point saw a YouTube tutorial on it. It's I think it's another prop one, though, where it's, like, you're faking... Um, you know, uh, that I think, like, you, there's actually, like, two newspapers. A lot of the ones with, like, papers and stuff is that there's one full thing, and then the other ones you all hide behind in your hand. Um, that's a lot of magic. But, uh... Okay. And then he starts literally levitating off of a chair, which is cool. Um, and then, but yeah, this he, is when he gets, Natalie... He gets, his, he gets his dual leap on. Yes. <laughs> and then, but this is when Natalie goes off on him, and it's I re- thing I really appreciate, because she calls him out for all this bullshit. Yeah, she goes after him, and she's like, and she does the thing that she always does, which is like, this is Mr. Monk, and he's the best detective, and he's going to fucking bust you, essentially, without saying fucking. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Monk, uh, I think at this point, he's, like, kind of chill. Is it because he's, he has a feeling you know No, he's, like, he's basically telling him, like, to back down, because he doesn't want something to pop off. Um, oh, okay. And right. then, 
you know, Carl was like, all right, I might as well confess. Let me put it in writing. And you know damn well what's going to happen to this piece of paper, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I didn't know it was going to light on fire, but I knew it was going to oh, be some bullshit. I, 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 just because you can tell by the texture that it's flash paper. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. I don't oh. know. I didn't, oh, sorry. I'm not, I don't, I'm, not trying to be, I'm not trying to one-up, and I'm just saying that I could even... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so he writes it down, and then it sets on fire in Monk's hand. Um, and he hits him know. with an abracadabra, Mr. Monk. Abracadabra, Mr. Monk. Great stuff. Um, and then they're cleaning Kevin's apartment. Uh, and Which, why are they doing that? Why are they the ones to do that? That's a really good question. Who knows? Because it's the same reason why any TV show, when there's like a wedding, you only see characters in the show there. It's like never like oh, someone's right. aunt from out of town. It's like, why are the main characters doing everything? Um, right, but yeah, right. Monk feels guilty though. Yeah, he feels bad. He feels terrible because like he knows that he didn't appreciate him in the mm-hmm. time that he was alive. Um, <laughs> I like the story a lot. He mentions that one time uh, Kevin... Uh, was talking to him and he had a sore throat and he talked for two and a half hours about how much it hurt to talk <clears throat> and um, and he would like see him in the hallway or like coming down the stairs and he would go he would rush back into his house turn off his lights you know make it seem like he wasn't there and like you know now he feels bad that he'll never be able to do that again or that yeah. he did that in the first place and so then Natalie's phone starts to ring and she can't find it for some reason she's like oh I put it right here it turns out she put it on top of a, tri- a box with a hidden compartment and that makes Monk put two and two together. Secret compartments. Right. Um, Much like the, a- like the Aztec tomb. Remember the Aztec tomb? Uh, no. Job's trick from Arrested Development in the first episode. It was like, oh, no, I, I don't remember that. Dad, get in the Aztec tomb. Job, it's not time. Job, I have no time for one of your tricks. You don't have time for my illusions, Dad. <laughs> Great, Great show. Great <laughs> Yeah, um, but like, yeah, so he starts to put two and two together because, uh, as they mentioned earlier, as Kevin mentioned earlier in the episode, that his equipment would weigh way more on the way back. Uh, yeah. So that has something to do with yep. it. So then they, they, we finally see Torini's act, and he's good at magic. Um, you know? Yeah. He does the quick change thing, which is always cool. No matter how many times I see it, it's always the same few moves, and I always enjoy it. Um, I don't get it. Is it just like a little thing that like comes Yeah, out? that I'm not 100% sure. I know that that one's just all basically costume, which you can tell it is because, like, the thing that, if you think about it for two seconds, it kind of is ruined because you're like, the secret is obvious once you realize that they never put on more clothes. The outfits just get smaller and smaller. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, but it is always cool. And then uh, it's time for the zigzag cabinet. Um, and uh, he needs a volunteer. Um and since uh, Pat Summit wasn't in the audience, he needs another volunteer. Um, and Natalie volunteers. <laughs> what a fucking pull. What a pull. Um, R.I.P.? Is she dead? Yeah, R.I.P. No. Yeah, yeah, she died of okay, uh, Alzheimer's. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Natalie, or eager Miss Teager wants to do it. But, mm-hmm. uh, but you know what? Torini wants Monk to do it. Uh, yes. I'm sure he Good. wants to make him disappear ASAP. Yes, because there's a celebrity in the audience, uh, and mm-hmm. he, Trini mentions that no one has ever outwitted him, and he'd like to give it a try. Um, right, and, but little does he know that, like, on the way, on, on Monk's way to the stage, Natalie, like, slips, uh, I don't know, I mean, well, we know what it is later, but it certainly doesn't look like anything I've ever seen, but yeah. he slips, she slips something into his hands, <clears throat> and, you know, on his way up to the stage... Uh, he can't help but pick up all the fucking cards that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Torini used for a magic trick, and Torini brings him up, finally. I do like the joke Torini says, where he says, huh, not playing with a full deck, which is good. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, he's a funny guy, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then he gives him the classic, are you nervous? And Monk shoots back with, are you? And 
Monk really is hesitant to get into the box. Um, you know, uh... What's in the box? What's in the box? I was actually going to wait until he disappears to do that, but um, it is good to know yeah. that there's no way the phrase, the words, the box, could be said on this show without one of that's in the box. Yeah, yeah, um, there's no chance. Yeah, so um, he ends up going in, um, and then uh, he, uh, he says, like, he opens up the window thing, he says, I'm the man in the box. Sorry, I had to do another rep joke because you stole the one I was going to do. Not stole, what but you that? just did it. What, uh, the what, Alice in Chains song, Man in the Box. Maybe I was raised on too much rock radio, but that was a huge song back in the 90s. I don't know what fucking song that is, but well, yeah, I guess. Well, someone will get it. Okay. Anyway, um, they close him in, and um, uh, I do like the joke that Trini makes where he says that he did this trick on someone in uh, in Minnesota, and she's ha- living. She's now living happily in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Good joke, you know. Okay, I think I might have missed... I, I heard when he said the second part of it, so I, I missed that joke. So, yeah, he's good, man. He's good. But we see what Monk says. As he's doing the trick, we see what Monk brought in with him. It's a little flashlight and, like, a test, a drug testing kit. Yeah. Like a drug yeah. strip. Correct. Um, and so he starts testing it while he's, you know, going... While Tarini's going through the trick. And, um, you know, uh, like, towards the end of the trick, I guess, uh, when he asks Monk to... Or when he... Opens a little flap for Monk to put his face through. Mm-hmm. Monk, you know, basically tells him that he... Uh, I forgot how what clever way he puts it in, but mm-hmm. essentially that he they tested... The, the inside of it tested positive yeah. for that H. Yeah. Um, and he starts to tell him... He starts to get into the, here's what happened, and mm-hmm. he closes the door on him and, you know, puts the kibosh on uh, on Monk's tattletailing. Exa- tattletailing. Exactly. Um... And so uh, we established, right? It's kibosh, right? Isn't it? It's not kibosh. I don't use that word, but I thought it was kibosh. But you, I don't know. I don't know. For, for, uh, listeners of the show, please uh, yeah, educate us. us. Um, and so you know, this clearly rattles Torini, which I like because I think one of the things that's unrealistic about Monk is that like characters are like confident up until the moment they're caught. We're like this Monk accusing him of smuggling, you know. Uh, heroin into the country is something that should rattle him. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'd he say. then whispers something to Tanya that makes Tanya uncomfortable. Um, but they spin the box around, and then when they open it up at the end, he's gone. Yeah. Um, as uh, as Torini will mention later, it turns out he's a better magician than, uh, than even he is. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Um, so... Uh, we then cut to afterwards where Trini's like, I don't know. Uh, you know, this wasn't a disappearing act. Which, like, there's just no way that they would let him, like, he'd be in cuffs by this, like, you, <laughs> this is so stupid. Right, it's so dumb, and then it's like, alright, man, it's, does any, okay, even I know that that kind of trick where someone disappears yeah. has to do with a trap door. Yeah. Like, did you not check that the first thing? Like, that's yeah. the first thing you're looking at. Of course. Exactly. Have they not seen the 2006 film The Prestige? I mean, uh, it's, yeah. I mean, what? It, no, no, uh, no, yeah, yeah. It involves a trapdoor, uh, except uh, Monk lives on, like, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman. Um, what? Did I lose you? No, did you just fuck? No, you, you did for a second. Did you just spoil the fucking prestige right now? Yeah, you saw it already. No, not for me, for anyone else listening. Oh. Well, that's, actually, no, that's actually not a spoiler, because that's the first scene in the movie. Oh, oh, okay, right, all right. Yeah. yeah I'm you, telling uh, you, I don't you, fucking remember. Are you watching closely? Um, 
Uh, now yeah. I need to watch That's that That's the tagline. Now I need to watch it again. It's a great, great fucking movie. Um, anyway. Okay, uh, on that note, have you seen The Illusionist? I have never seen that. I have not. No, I've never seen it. No. I feel like uh, you yeah, can't after don't. that. No, it's, uh, yeah. I, also, I can't ever see it after I read the tweet that said Jessica Biel can't be in a period piece. Her face just looks like it's seen a cell phone. Um, <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. So, um... We then see that Monk is tied up in, like, the furnace room mm-hmm. with uh, Tanya, and Monk realizes he's going to die in the room, not because he's going to get murdered, but because of the soot. Right. Um, I mean, it does seem like they're, they lack some ventilation in that room. He might be right, but it won't be that yeah. fast. Now, I'll say this, soot, great word, big fan. Yeah, I, I agree. My older brother is actually, uh, I, it is impossible to put in words without sounding bizarre, of any person in the world who's a fan of a word, I don't know if anyone likes a word more than my brother Kevin loves using the word soot. He'll call shit so that's not he's like he gets like dirt on it. So I'm like, I'll freaking covered in soot because it's fun to say. Well, uh, um, well anyway. on that note, there's no word I hate more than the word moist. That's uh, that is a word that sucks, but that I also feel like is like that's the equivalent of like saying you love bacon in 2013. Like, yeah, no one likes moist. Oh really? Like. Yeah, though that's like a huge beam. Moist is a dirty word. It's like a huge big thing. Did not know that. Um, maybe I mean I'm my brain just poisoned from the internet, so you're in the right here. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so Torini leaves and basically says, "Call my lawyer. He's a better magician than me." Which once again, there's no way they'd let him leave. Um, right. And uh, Tanya's clearly uneasy. She apologizes for everything that's going on, but then the phone in the room rings, and she doesn't have to pick it up because it's just an extension. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know exactly what that means. I mean, why couldn't you pick up the phone? No, she doesn't need to because it's the phone for everywhere in the in the place. Oh, okay, I see. All right. Yeah, it's like when you had a, had a landline growing up. If the fo- if your mom picked up the phone in the kitchen, if your mom was in the kitchen, you didn't need to pick up the phone in the living room because both would ring. Right. Okay, that's true. The the thing I like about this murder is that even though it's a magician, this the way he fakes his alibi is incredibly simple. Like, anyone with two phones in their house could do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what he mentions later on, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because then Monk notices that there's some pipe tobacco there, because, of course, Torini smokes a pipe. Um, right. And so Monk puts it all together. Yeah. Um, basically, what happened was... Uh, <clears throat> Torini and uh, Tanya did go to Reno, after all. And he was uh, he made sure that he was seen there. And immediately, I guess, upon checking in and making his presence known, he, uh, he hopped in his car... Um, and he drove all the way back to San Francisco from Reno, I guess, in like, mm-hmm. I don't know how many hours it was. Um, mm-hmm. And he drove back and he waited in the basement uh, for five minutes before Dorvin was supposed to go on stage. So that mm-hmm. they can both call, uh, so they can call from, you know, so they can both be on the phone to call the, yeah. the Magic Castle and let them know that they, uh, they, got, they, they got engaged to be married. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the only and because it's an extension phone and because she made the call initially from Reno, that's why it showed up on the police or on the phone records as having have come from Reno, mm-hmm. and uh, exactly. and basically that's pretty much it. Yep. And he just waited. And he just waited in the maintenance man uniform and killed Kevin after. Mm-hmm. And so then uh, when Serena shows up, Tanya's like shocked that Monk figured it out, and you know I think Torini's like respects Monk that he uh, figured it out. Yeah. Um, and he's going to make Monk disappear, you know? Uh, and then as this is happening, uh, Cap is walking on the stage. Captain Stoudemire, he discovers the trap door. Yeah, he discovers the trap door and um, pretty unwisely screams down there. 
Uh, I mean, I guess he yeah. didn't know that Torini like was planning on killing him, but exactly. Yeah. Uh, so then we cut back to them, to Torini coming back down there, and uh, you know he's about to strangle Monk uh, with a mm-hmm. with a like a piece of rope or something, very mm-hmm. thin yeah. rope. Um, he's about to garrot garrot him. I believe that that's the case. Yes. yes. And uh, and so he he's like he's proven to like move around a little bit too much. So he asked Tanya to hold down his legs. And Tanya, obviously, as we can tell, like she's felt really bad about this whole situation. Mm-hmm. So she's actually like takes the key to the handcuffs that he is that he's in, and she mm-hmm. tries to like basically, or she tells him that she wants to kill Monk instead, so he should hold the legs. Yeah. And while she's about to like try to strangle him, she has the key in her mouth and she tries to transfer it through her like mouth. And as we know, Monk, being a total neat uh, germaphobe, he won't accept Mm -hmm. the key, even though it's already right there, bro. Like, just fucking take it. It's already too late. Yeah. And so the key drops to the floor, and Serena notes that not only he's going to need a new assistant, um, because he has to kill her now, because she didn't have the stomach for it. Right. But as he's about to throw her in the incinerator, um, which, man, that would be a bad way to go. Talk about being down bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and luckily, uh, uh, as usual, I think, like, as, like, 80% of the, epi- uh, of the episodes. And that might be a very conservative amount. Also, this is every cop show, too. So it's not like Monk made this up. No, I mean, it's not always that, like, they're gonna die at the very end. Oh, right, right, yeah, fair. But then, yeah, the cops bust in, and, uh, they, uh, you know, arrest both of them. And Natalie. And then, Natalie, no, you know you do it. And Allie gets her uh, her action hero moment. Abracadorfman, you son of a bitch. Honestly, almost every anything can sound cool if you say you son of a bitch after it. You know what I mean? Uh, like, how about, it just always how about like, I pooped my diaper, you son of a bitch? Uh, in context, okay. If, <laughs> um, if you're a talking baby and your okay. dad is watching you, listen, your dad is watching you and is like, Oh man, thank God that I haven't had to clean up any messes while your mom's been at work. I pooped my diaper, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> boss baby yeah. three. three. Boss, oh man, even bossier. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so we then see, um, the last bit is they watched Kevin's video well, and he says, if you're watching this, that means I'm dead, unless you're me, or I might have lent it to you by accident. Or maybe you're Phil, the technician, who's editing it. Or Phil is sick, and you're Craig, his assistant. No, Greg. Um, Greg, or is he still there? He uh, left two years ago to get a real, you know, he goes on and on. Yeah. And then there's a really sweet moment where Natalie asks, do you want me to fast forward? And what does Monk say? He says, no, let it play. Mm-hmm. What do you give this episode out of 10? Ah, oh, man. Um, I gave it an 8.5 originally, but I think I might bump it to a 9. I gave it an 8.5. I really like this episode. I think that it's, I think the villain is really good. Um, and it's, 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 there are bit moments with Monk's phobias, but it's not about that. It's about, you know, um... Trying to solve his doing... friend's, uh, crime. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I think it's a fitting end to Kevin Dorfman. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, shouts to the Magic Castle. Um, shouts to Magic. Like I said, big fan. Um, except, of course, when it's people who... Re- Unless they go really in on pretending like they actually have magical powers. That's always dumb. I hate it. Um... But, uh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, shouts to movies about magic. Um, mm-hmm. just, honestly, all of these things. Shouts to Sleight of Hand. Um, yeah. You know what I can do, which I'm really proud of, is I can do the thing, uh, where you take cards on a card table, and you, like, spread them out, and, like, you lift them up and make them, like, wave back and forth. 
Oh, really? So, have you, you ever seen that? No. Yeah, I I it's, actually, it's actually pretty easy. It's pretty easy. It's one of those things that you just need to try to do, and if you actually try sincerely, it's pretty easy. But it's fun to do. I wish... Oh, yeah. So, little note. Um, me and Jay Christie met up this uh, this past Sunday, and uh, now yeah. all of a mm-hmm. sudden I wish you had a deck of cards on you. I, I have a deck of cards somewhere. I don't remember where I put them in this new in the new place, but... Um, and they're also not really a good deck of cards. They're, uh, I got them from when I was working at a liquor distributor. I get their Jose Cuervo cards, and so they're not really good quality. But what I also used to be able to do when I was, like, 11 and in my, like, most watching Magic YouTube's thing, I could... Probably do like five inches of a sp- what's called a spring, where you spring the cards from one hand to another. Mm-hmm. I can get probably five inches away. Obviously, real magicians can go farther, but five inches is not bad. Um, but uh, yeah, hey, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. I also there's a couple magic tricks I could do. I like to. I I I love the concept of magic tricks. Like I said, I just have the worst coordination in the world, so I just have so much problems. Like my hand, I just have no precision in any of my movements. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, follow the show at Strictly Monken, and where people follow you. You can follow me at Andre Barrera, and you can follow me at the J Christie. Please rate, subscribe, and um, you know, tune in as we talk about the finale of season seven. Yeah, we're there. Mister Monk fights City Hall. Monkey gets let. No, monkey get lets. Monkey get lets.